Welcome to The Check-In. This is City Limits Newsroom Podcast, where we catch you up on some of our biggest stories this week and chat with some of our editorial staff. I'm Jean-Marie Evely, the Managing Editor at City Limits, and I'm joined today by Sadaf Kully, our Housing and Development Reporter and Staff Writer. Um, Sadaf is going to tell us a bit about a story that she worked on this week about how the pandemic is changing the way that the city holds its public meetings. Welcome, Sadaf. Hi, thanks for having me. Yeah, so Sadaf, can you tell us about this story? Maybe we can start with um, when the pandemic first happened. Obviously, the city conducts a lot of civic meetings, and your focus of your story was really on these meetings that have to do with um, city land use decisions, so things like rezonings and stuff like that. So what happened with that process and sort of that public meeting process when the pandemic started, and then maybe catch us up to where we are now? So as soon as, as, soon as the pandemic hit and the numbers were available, the first thing that the mayor did was put a pause to all public meetings of any nature because all of the public meetings are in person. So that would have been detrimental. And they put a long pause on it uh, in the middle of the pandemic around June and July. There were talks of starting to restart as the numbers were coming down and the city was kind of shifting towards the idea of economic recovery. That's what we were heading for. And we were kind of also preparing for a second phase, third phase, which we're in the middle of, I believe, right now. And they decided to go virtual. That was the decision that they made. Going virtual meant that all public meetings would be on this public platform known as Engage New York City. And a list of city public meetings are available the time, the date, the topic, and you can just kind of register for the meeting and then uh, link into the conference call or you could kind of call in or you could zoom in or you could watch it without actually being in the meeting to participate. Um, You can sign up to testify for these meetings. So it's it's been an interesting process, but of course, my article kind of touches on the limitations that technology has, which is that you don't get to see everyone. You can't see 500 people on a public meeting conference call. It kind of makes it a very distracting, it could be disruptive. So Sadaf, as you mentioned, um, these meetings have gone virtual for the city, basically for all of its meetings, right? So the community boards are meeting virtually, all the city agencies are hosting their stuff online. You as our housing reporter obviously have been tuning into the ones related to housing and land use decisions. So maybe you could tell us a little bit about the some of the meetings that you've attended, what they've been about, and maybe give us a rundown of sort of what those meetings now look like online and how they kind of compare to um, the in-person version that you obviously covered a lot of before the pandemic started. Uh, sure, thanks. Uh, for the question. I've um, attended some of the Soho rezoning meetings and some of the Gowanus rezoning meetings. Um, I kind of watch city council meetings online uh, almost daily, as a, almost like background noise just to see if something goes on or, or some important topic happens. What uh, usually happens in these meetings is, is that folks sign up ahead of time and then they testify, I listen to their testimony, um, there is also a chat feature in on Zoom, so you can actually watch the public forum or the discourse happening in the chat feature. 
live and you can watch what folks are talking about, what they're discussing. They might uh, bring up questions and sometimes city officials or um, community board officials might take a question from the chat or even from social media and kind of poise it or whatever questions are emailed to them. Um, I poise it on the chat, on the virtual meeting, and then city officials that are responsible for answering those questions will answer them. So usually in these types of meetings, there's an order. Folks are already signed up. They're kind of, you know, it's first come first serve kind of basis after the panelists have used their turn. So there might be like three or four panelists groups that come up to speak. And then after that, it's public uh, testimony. So whoever signed, you know, it's first come first serve first serve basis. Uh, with this, this is a little bit different. I don't know who's actually speaking. Um, I have to take a wild guess. And if I'm trying to maybe write a breaking news story, it would be very difficult because I might not have, the name is not typed up. So I don't know who's speaking. I might not hear the name, it might get cut off. And then the other difficulty for, I guess, and many journalists probably feel that is that we won't be able to speak to people afterwards to expand on their testimony. So if I have an environmentalist that talks about how bad the water is in the Gowanus Canal, and I see a word, he uses a word or something that's too scientific, and I need a better explanation or a further clarification of a statement that someone might make, because I think it might, it might be interesting or relevant, uh, I can't do that because I have to track them down and call them and it might not be something immediate. Usually in person meetings, I could just go up to them afterwards and be like, hey, uh, I like the statement that you gave. What could, could you tell me a little bit more about this? And then, you know, they give you the spiel and then you're out the door. So this is definitely, it's a lot difficult in that sense where you have to navigate. That's a difficult, that's the difficult part that you have to figure things, things come to figure out things. It takes a little bit longer to do the reporting the way that you want to. Yeah. And so obviously that lack of kind of like in-person connection, being able to see everybody who's in the room at a meeting right on Zoom, you can't do that. You don't know the names of the public speakers. Um, these have been issues that in addition to making our reporting more difficult, right, also makes it harder um, for some of like the community members who are organizing on specific topics. And I know that you talked to a number of groups who kind of cited that as one of the reasons that they want to pause the ULERP public meetings. And that's ULERP is land use um, process for the city's um, major developments and things like rezoning. Um, what are those groups saying? And um, obviously, we talked a little bit about the negatives of these, but what else are these groups saying about how it's made their kind of role in this difficult? So, you know, like a uh, public, especially for like land use, for the community to come together and speak at these meetings is a very crucial and it's very important that they speak up and speak out against whether they support the land use action or whether they oppose it because this goes down into a legally binding document. It's illegal to have a land use, have a land use action that actually needs a public review process and have it move forward without a proper public review process. So that's, uh, it's crucial to have these meetings. Uh, one of the things that they're complaining, one of the, co some of the complaints that I've heard about is definitely not being able to see who's actually attending the meeting. It, a, folks have said it gives them a sense of community and also it allows them to organize behind their ideas. So we had Andrew Berman from the Village Preservation Group say, you know, if I was sitting, 
you know, if I was sitting and watching other people, maybe they could wear a button, maybe they could hang a sign behind them saying whether they support the Soho Noho rezoning or whether they hate the Soho Noho rezoning. But the point is, at a public in-person meeting, you get to see the kind of community that you have, who's actually there. So people that have been longtime residents, or is it someone that's new that you've never seen before that's speaking up and testifying? which is also very important because it tells you the tells you who's here um for what reason what their agenda is you know and so that so it makes it a little bit difficult for public for communities to kind of recognize who's at these public meetings also it makes it very difficult for them to organize among each other at the meetings uh one of the examples i got was you know, if we give like three points and we only have two minutes to discuss the three points, you know, one person could spend two minutes on one point and another person could spend like we would be able to organize amongst each other and how to discuss the relevant issues instead of being like repetitive for the city and losing valuable time. So, you know, those those kind of things uh, have been like really crucial for them in order to like organize uh behind the agendas that they want to push yeah so it seems like a lot kind of gets lost in translation there and i and obviously like this experience as much as we joke about how kind of dry and sometimes maybe even potentially boring these long city meetings can be right we've covered a lot of them as reporters um i think the pandemic has shown us like just how crucial they are um but obviously there are also benefits to the virtual platform and the city um and other um folks who kind of feel that that is the way that these um, meetings should be going anyway, right? So it seems like the city, your story reported, was already working on a virtual platform for its public meetings, right? Um, even before the pandemic struck. Right. Um, and maybe tell us about some of the benefits that they, they see in this. Um, this was definitely the way of the future. So this would have been, if there was no pandemic, uh, could you imagine, no pandemic, but nice. like, if there was no pandemic, we would probably still have virtual platforms as an option in addition to in-person public meetings. And it would be, that would have really actually strengthened uh, land use, uh, pushed land use even further. Because I think honestly, because it would have allowed it to be more accessible. A lot of the complaints when I got for in-person meetings would be, you know, I can't come to these meetings. I'm working two shifts and I have to come home and feed my kids. And I would always wonder as a reporter, like, where are the people that this is actually going to end up happening to? Because there are people from the community that are activists that really care about their neighborhood and that are at these community and public meetings all the time. And there are folks that just don't have time for this because they have uh, personal and familial and professional issues that they have to attend to. So um, maybe those folks will have better access uh, and get a chance to attend these meetings to see what they're actually like. The city definitely said that there was a huge jump in attendance records by the hundreds. And the and if anyone who's listening to this podcast has ever been to like in-person public meetings already knows that rooms are full and packed and um, it, get, it can get very contentious and people are very argumentative. Um, and it can be, it can get very rowdy as much as it can be very dry at the same time. So um, to see that more people are uh, coming on, like going online to attend them and to see what they're about is also very fascinating. And the city says that the program will stick around. It's not going anywhere. Virtual meetings are not going anywhere. They're here to stay.
Yeah, so obviously there are pros and cons, right, to this shift to the virtual. Um, but like you said, um, virtual meetings are going to be a part of our future um, either way, I think. So that'll be definitely interesting to keep tabs on. Well, great. Well, thank you, Sadaf. I appreciate you coming to talk with us about this. You're welcome. Thank you. And once again, um, thank you for listening to The Check-In. This is City Limits weekly newsroom podcast. Um, and that was Sadaf Cully, our housing and development reporter, telling about um, the story that she wrote this week about the shift to virtual meetings during the pandemic for the city. You can find that story and all of our other coverage at citylimits.org. Um, and please tune in next week for another conversation with one of our reporting staff to fill you in on what's happening in New York City this week. Thanks so much and have a great weekend.